Outside the Technical Area. My name is Daniel Olstead, and I want to thank you for joining me as we take a look into the, the world of youth soccer um, from my point of view. Um, and, and my point of view comes from that of uh, the director of coaching for a youth soccer club, as well as a, just a former coach, volunteer, um, a former player, um, and also a parent. Um, so what we're going to try to do throughout this podcast over the weeks is kind of look into the world of youth soccer, um, discuss some different ideas, um, discuss some different topics that are relevant today, um, and answer some questions from whether parents, coaches, or and even players, um, and try to give a little look into the world of youth soccer from, from my point of view. Um, I've been coaching for about 17 years now in some capacity um, started off as a volunteer worked up uh, through youth soccer clubs as a as a paid coach and now I'm the director of coaching for uh, Liverpool Football Clubs International Academy in St. Louis um, I've coached at the high school level um, I've coached every type of player you can imagine from um, youth national team players to recreational based players so I feel over the years I've got a good grip on the world um am i an expert absolutely not um do i have opinions and thoughts absolutely and, and this is what this is about it's about me sharing those opinions and thoughts um with people um who who need the you know who are looking for some assistance in the world or have questions um that i can possibly help answer or guide into answers um so as i said uh, i'm a coach still i'm also the director of a co you know director of coaching of a club um so feel like i've got a decent knowledge of things um i'm also a parent i have a five-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter who are in the world of club soccer at this point at young ages um so i'm looking at it from a, a different perspective as well um so i'm answering questions almost at times for myself now um in terms of what i'm looking for for the two of them so I feel like I can give a good opinion on things um, and also give educated answers on things throughout, you know, because of my background um, and my formal education as a coach and, and my informal education as a coach through all my experiences through the years. What we'll really try to do is, is answer questions um, from, from listeners, um, but I'll also bring up some stories or, or rele relevant experiences that I've had through the years as well as possibly just recent experiences that might lead us into an episode um, that we can discuss things that might happen to me in practices or during games on the weekend or just seeing things and saying hey we, we can discuss that and this might this might start a conversation that we'd like to have um, so we'll get into our first episode now um, and, and before I did this episode I reached out to some families I know throughout the club that I work for at, Li at Liverpool FC International Academy St. Louis and I let them know that I was doing this and um, I reached out f to see if anyone had any questions um, and I've got a few back um, and one of the questions that I received um, was from one of the families and they said uh, what are a few of your techniques as a coach for encouraging engagement and focus during games and practice um, and then followed that up with are there any tips for for us as parents so we can foster that same engagement and focus um, this is a big question that 
I think as coaches at any level, we probably have players that we don't need to worry about engagement and focus, um, whether it's at the recreational level or the, the competitive club level um, or the high school level, you know, possibly even the collegiate level. Um, there's players that are just always engaged at practice, always ready to play, always focused. Um, and then you also have the players that, that come at any level at, at practice who even the some of the better players struggle to always be concentrating, struggle to always be focused. So this is something that I personally, throughout each season, struggle with, um, is how to keep certain players focused and certain players in their con, you know, fully concentrating on what we're trying to do, um, because each player has a different personality. Each player responds to things in a different way there's no cut and dry answer uh, I feel like to pigeonhole well this is what we do to keep players focused this is what we do to keep a player from from drifting out of a session and losing their concentration um, this is what we do to to do that it's a very difficult question to answer but I can give you some ideas as to what I try to do um, and what I advise, you know, the coaches in our club to do um, and, and what I advise, you know, any coach that I have a discussion with about this topic um, to try to do. The first thing that I always try to do um, and I advise other coaches to do is, is to really set the tone for your practice. What I mean by that is make sure that the players understand the expectations of behavior of work ethic, of the commitment they have to show. Um, if that's left very vague, um, kids will try to get away with things. Um, if they understand that when they show up to practice, once we start, there's a level of effort that is expected, um, then they tend to give that, obviously, not kid, not every kid is a hundred percent every practice or every game, but the expectations and and setting the tone for what players are supposed to be doing during the sessions is important. If it's you know if the expectation for a player is to come and we you know and we mess around and we joke around and we do this and we do that, it's going to be very hard to keep a player focused, whether it's the best player um, or, or the lesser player. Because the expectation for the player now is it's almost a social hour. It's almost come, have fun, bounce around, we'll play some soccer, maybe we won't, but it's going to be a great time and, and coach, doesn't really, coach doesn't really worry about it. We're on the flip side when we set the expectation that, okay, you're going to come to practice or, or a game and you've got to be there early. So that way our practice starts at five o'clock. Let's say at five o'clock we start practice, whether everyone's there, whether everyone, anyone's late at five o'clock we start. So right there, the expectation is be early, be on time, uh, be ready to play. And then the expectation becomes as a coach that we have quality sessions set up that are going to be engaging for the players, that they're not going to be standing around, that they're going to be, there's going to be built in fun 
and enjoyment to the challenges that we're presenting in the session. And that's whether players are six years old or 18. They have to be enjoying what they're doing. There's got to be some sense of enjoyment and some sense of fulfillment for them to actually want to work hard, for them to want to be engaged. Um, so that falls on us as coaches to, to give them that environment that's fun, engaging, challenging. Because again, if it's too easy, they're going to lose interest. So there has to be a challenging aspect to it. Um, and then by, by doing that, we're able to keep them engaged. Um, we're able to keep them focused. Obviously, it's not 100% ever. Um, kids drift out. But if we're constantly giving them something to enjoy, something to challenge them, something that's going to give them that sense of happiness in, through the session, if you will, then, then they're going to be focused. They're going to want to be a part of what's going on. If they're standing in lines for 10 minutes, if they're waiting for 20 minutes for a coach to set up an exercise or five minutes, kids are going to drift out. It's just that natural occurrence, and that's, that's not written realistically on them to stay focused and engaged. That's on us as coaches to give them that place and that environment to be focused, to be engaged by the way we present the, the practice session that we are doing. Um, once we have a good flow of a practice session um, and there's good things going on and there's constant activity um, and they're not left to go get a drink for five minutes, but it's a quick drink and they come back and they're involved in the next step of the session and things start to flow, then we, we tend to have good focus and good engagement throughout the throughout the session. Never 100%. They're kids. They're going to drift. They're going to be silly at times. And we allow that. And I allow that as a coach. There's, there's times where we allow the silliness, the fun, because that's realistically what they're there for as well. Um, players should be there for the enjoyment of it, not to, to show up and be felt like they're being put through a boot camp. Um, it's supposed to be enjoyable. It's a game. Um, so we have to make it that. So we find times to... to to build in the fun, build in the laughter. Um, that way it keeps them wanting to come back. It keeps them engaged. Um, the other side um, is also um, tracking kids' progress, um, giving feedback to those players, whether it's formal or informal feedback, um, keeping players engaged, uh, keeping kids engaged in anything, whether it's schoolwork or anything, is, is giving them feedback. If they don't know how they're doing, they don't know where they can improve. They don't know where they're doing well. Um, so as a coach, whether it's uh, you know a written uh, written feedback that we give them every five weeks or or feedback during a practice um, that they're doing well, or hey, I like the way you've done this, but could you also try this? Um, that now puts a challenge in the in the player's head to try to improve that or to say, hey, coach notices I'm doing well. So noticing the individual players and giving them that feedback and that, you know, attaboy or that, hey, could you try this? Um, it's going to hopefully encourage them to, to stay engaged and, and try to keep improving um, and try to keep doing the things that we're looking for them to do as coaches. Um, so they've got to have that progress tracking system set up, whether, again, it's formal, 
or informal. Um, they, they need to have that. If they don't have that, then kids are going to drift because they don't exactly know how they're doing. Then on top of that, and this is something that I tend to question, um, and I'll get to why in a second, is, is having reward systems. Um, players do this so they get a lollipop, or players do this so they get whatever the case may be. Um, some sort of external reward system that says, hey, you're, you're trying, and you're doing the best you can, and you're engaged, and you know, and, and I like what you're doing, so I'm going to give you something as a reward. Um, one of the reasons I have an issue with this is just because it was never part of my psyche or, or part of my mental process as a player that there was an expectation that I should get something for working hard or get something for being engaged. Uh, my motivation as a player was very intrinsic. I wanted to be the best player I could be. I wanted to be the best one on my team. I wanted to be the best one on the field during a game. Um, I wanted to be better than I was the day before. Um, so I had an intrinsic motivation um, to get better. I don't necessarily feel like external motivations, i.e. treats after a game because you've done well or um, treats after practice or things like that tend to go a long way in developing players to their furthest you know, ability level, to their best ability level. Um, it's a way to keep them involved, but in terms of player development, to say, hey, Johnny, you've done well today. Here's an ice pop. That might then go and Johnny says, oh, coach noticed I did well, or he noticed I was engaged, so I'm going to do that next time because I want an ice pop. But what happens when we take that external motivation away or that, that external piece away? Does Johnny still really have the motivation or the, the, the desire to improve? Or is he just doing it because he's getting something? You know, I hear about parents, um, and this is from players, um, past, present. Oh, my mom's going to give me $5 if I score a goal today. Well, that's great. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you should be wanting to do well for you. You should be wanting to be engaged for yourself. You should be wanting to be engaged for your teammates. Um, and, and what happens if you don't score a goal? Are you going out and working on scoring a goal? Are you going out and working on your shooting technique? Or is there something that, because you didn't get that $5, now is disappointment? and you're not gonna work on it because I didn't score and I didn't get my $5, so there's no point anymore. So the external things are, are good in a way, but I think a lot of player engagement and focus through sessions and games comes from an intrinsic motivation to do well um, and an enjoyment of what you're doing. Um, and that leads me into the, to the next topic, or, or sorry, my next point is that you have to have a love for what you're doing. 
So if you show up to anything, whether it's school or baseball practice or soccer practice or you know your guitar lesson, if you're there and you don't actually want to be there or you don't actually enjoy it or you're doing it for reasons other than you know the reason of playing and improving then your focus and your your engagement isn't going to be there and honestly um i've done this for long enough now that i know if that player doesn't want to be there there's nothing that i can possibly do to get them engaged um, and to get them focused to do the things that i'm looking for them to do or that their teammates need them to do or for themselves to do to improve because the child just player doesn't want to be there and if you don't want to be there and you don't love what you're doing and you don't necessarily care then there is no motivation there is no engagement there is no focus and that goes with anything like i said whether it's your schoolwork, whether it's you know soccer whether it's you know music instruments whether it's you know as adults our jobs um if, if we don't enjoy what we're doing then what's the motivation other than hey I've got to do this because it's time to go to work. It's time to go to practice, and that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, the motivation to get better at it or the, the motivation to be fully committed uh, to what you're doing is, is pretty much zero, um, I would say. Um, now, as a coach, we can get them to, to buy in with external rewards. We can get them to buy in with you know things here or there, but... But the reality is, is that I think the main piece of players being focused and engaged is one, their intrinsic, you know, their internal motivation to be better um, and to grow and to challenge themselves and to 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 want to to grow and be better as players, um, to have that growth mindset that mistakes are okay and and they're not going to be the end of the world, and two that they enjoy what they're doing. Um, I think any player will tell you the reason why they they have done well, um, the players that reach a certain level, is because they enjoy it. There's not a feeling of have to or need to or I should or I you know my parents want me to or I do this because my, my friends are doing it. It's because... They enjoy it, um, and on a personal level, you know, I watch my son now, who's five, um, and he eats, <laughs> breathes, sleeps, um, everything that has to do with soccer, um, and I have not once pushed that on him. Um, obviously, he grow he's grown up in the environment of it, being around me and being in our household and doing it. But he, right now, legitimately loves the game. So I don't have to do anything to motivate him, even at his age, to for him to go outside and, and pick up a ball and, and play it off the kickback we have. Or he watches YouTube videos of Ronaldo and Messi and, and Bappe now and all these players... Um, and he's gotten into video games a little bit, and the only thing he plays now is is FIFA, the FIFA series of games. Um, 
and I hope that in the future he continues that love for what it is because if he loses that love for what it is then I don't necessarily think that he'll keep improving um, even at his age you have to have that enjoyment um, otherwise it just becomes something that I have to do and eventually you drop out of it um, so seeing players who have the, the the motivation internally to do things to get better um, is is fun um, it's it, that's how you keep players engaged um, it really comes from a personal level and then as a coach to keep players engaged it's our job to to put together good sessions um, good feedback for players and and give them a good environment where they feel that there is a reason to be engaged there's a reason to be focused um, there's a reason to to be there and be a part of the game be a part of soccer um, so that's that's it as a coach you know in terms of the things that I think um, help keep players focused and engaged into the session um, on the flip side you know the the follow-up to the question was how do we as parents again I say we because I'm a I'm a parent how do we as parents help our kids stay focused and stay engaged with the game um, it's uh, for me uh, on a personal level I can I can answer it um, as a parent now because I've got two children who are very different in the way they approach just soccer right now let alone other things in life um, as I said my, my five-year-old my son um, it's what he wants to do everything is soccer um, he wants to be Ronaldo for Halloween he wants to play FIFA the video game he wants to go outside constantly and play soccer um, he, he wants to watch games on TV he wants to do basically anything that revolves around soccer on the flip side my daughter has an interest in soccer. She plays, but she doesn't have the same passion for it, let's say, as my son does. Um, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, and the difference is between them, me and I have to, and my wife included, have to kind of manage them in a different way. Um, my son we have very little need to to push him or focus him in a, in a direction obviously he's five so there is zero push for him to to go outside and practice and there's zero push for him to to be anything more than a five-year-old and have fun um and as long as it's fun that's my main thing that i want to see from him is that he's smiling and that he's enjoying himself um, if he loses focus as a five-year-old and decides he wants to do something else, then fantastic. Let's go do something else. Um, I, I push both of my kids to experience other things um, at this point, and currently they both only choose to play soccer. Um, it's their choice. And at the end of the day, because it's their choice, I'm okay with that. Um, I will never force them to do anything, and I think that's one reason... Uh, or one piece of keeping players engaged at young ages and at older ages, if they're forced to do something, we all know this, and I, I can 
speak again personally, if I feel forced to do something, I feel like it's not my idea or I feel like it's not something that I want to do, but I'm being forced into it, I'm probably not going to give the same effort or the same positive attitude as I am as if it's my idea or it's something that I want to do. If I'm showing up to practice and it's because mom and dad are pushing me to be there and I don't really want to be there, then I'm not going to give the same effort as I would into something I love. So as parents, I think the one of the big pieces is finding out if your kid really wants to be doing what they're doing. Ask the question, do you enjoy this? Is this something that you want to continue? Is this something that you want to do? Or is there something else that you're passionate about that we can help you do? Um, my daughter is very passionate about art. So we try to help her in that avenue as much as we can, um, as I am not artistic, <laughs> um, or I am in a little sense, um, but not the way that I would hope I could give her um, to help her as an artist, um, if that's what she so chooses. But if that's what she's passionate about, I want her to focus her, her energies into something that she's passionate about. I don't wanna force something upon her um, at all. On the same side, if they are focused on it, if they do love what they're doing, if they love soccer, um, you know, you've you've got to not, from my point of view, you have to not pressure them um, as a parent, and that's coming from kind of where how I was brought up as a kid. Um, with my parents, um, how I felt I wasn't pre pressured at all to be or, or to have to go work at something, to have to go outside and do it because someone else wanted me to. Um, my parents guided me throughout the process of being an athlete. They didn't force me to do anything. When I wanted to play soccer full-time, um, as, as I think a 12-year-old is about when I decided that soccer was going to be my go-to, was the thing that I wanted to do, um, they were fine with that. It was my choice. We discussed it. We talked about it. It was my choice. Um, at the same time, I was a, a baseball player and a basketball player, and I didn't give those things up for it. Um, I continued to do those things, and... and both of those things to a pretty high level um, until I realized I wasn't going to get any taller than I was um, and basketball kind of became an afterthought or a, and a fun thing um, but baseball was something I did up through high school and when I went on to college I had to decide whether or not I was going to play soccer or baseball in college um, and all of those things were my choices um, they were they were the way I wanted to do them um, they were never forced upon me. I enjoyed what I did. I had the intrinsic motivation to do well um, and try to improve. And my parents were just there to help me along the way. Um, in terms of being a baseball player, I can tell you that I probably had a catch with my dad in the backyard every day um, when the weather was nice for a very long time. And it was never an issue of we have to go do this. 
We need if you want to be a good baseball player, we've got to go outside and you have to work on this. It was, hey, do you want to go outside and have a catch? Yes, I do. And if I didn't at that time, that was okay. But if I did, then we went outside and we had a catch and it was always fun. There was very little, let's say, formal instruction from my dad. He would give me tips and pointers and things like that. But realistically, it was just us going in the backyard and having a catch, throwing fly balls, throwing grounders to me, doing all these things in the spirit of fun. And that was a way that we bonded and and that was a way that I became better. I didn't dread go up my dad coming home and said, hey, it's time to go out for a catch now. Coach said you have to get better. Coach said you have to do this. It was just fun. So if you're going to help your child stay focused, engaged, improve, get better. Again, the key word is enjoyment. The key word is fun. If they want to go out in the backyard and have a pass, go out, make it fun, make it enjoyable. Don't throw out hundreds of, oh, you have to do this and you have to do that and you should do this and you should do that because it's not enjoyable for a kid all the time to hear the things that they have to do or the things that they're not doing right. Just make it fun. And that will help kids be engaged. That'll help players be focused. It'll help them want to improve. It'll help them want to be a part of the sport and stay a part of the sport. So in terms of, of keeping players focused and engaged, from a coaching standpoint, um, it really goes down to creating the best environment for them, um, making it fun, making it enjoyable, challenging, um, that way they, they remain engaged because of the environment we're creating. Um, from a parent standpoint, ask the question, you know, do you want to do this? Is this something you enjoy? Is this something that you want to pursue? If not, is there something that there is you, something that you do want to pursue? Um, if it is something, soccer is something that they want to pursue, help them by guiding them. Help, by, help them by, by creating an environment in, in the household that's geared towards enjoyment of the game and not just, hey, we're going, we need to get better, we're going to go outside every day, but something that's fun um, and that they can enjoy, I think that's going to allow them to be focused as well and not drift away. Um, and I want to thank you for, for tuning in and listening to our, our first episode here of Outside the Technical Area. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you'll come back for further episodes. Um, currently working on setting up a website and everything, um, so that way I'll have a proper email address for everyone to get in touch with me at. Um, at this point, you could, if you have further questions or you want to have a question that you want addressed, um, you, you could reach out to me um, at Daniel period Olstead at liverpoolfcamerica.com um, and I'll be able to field your, your questions hopefully in the next episode. Um, again, I appreciate you coming in and listening and I hope that uh, we can start some discussions and maybe you've gained something from it. Maybe you think I'm crazy about what I'm saying um, and, and that's okay. Uh, hopefully we can start some conversations um, that'll help 
better what we're doing in the world of youth soccer. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.